Can I thank your brother for the warm words of welcome? And, um, well, we were talking about my brother earlier. My brother, he's bigger in height and he's bigger in width. Uh, and certainly he'll appreciate uh, those comments. But it is a joy to be with you. Um, I have preached from this pulpit before, but not to a congregation from martyrs. This is our homiletics classroom for the college. And I've preached from here maybe six or seven, maybe eight times over the last four years. But we finish the course now, and certainly your prayers would be appreciated, even as we seek the Lord's leading for the future. I also want to thank your minister, the Reverend Brown, for the opportunity to come along and be with you. It's always a joy to share uh, with the Lord's people. And we trust that the Lord will bless us, even as we consider a passage from the Scriptures uh, this evening. Uh, the passage of scripture that I would like us to read is the Psalm 86. Psalm 86, and we're going to read uh, this psalm in its entirety, all 17 verses uh, together. Psalm 86, and we'll commence our reading tonight at the opening verse. A prayer of David. Bow down thine ear, O Lord. Hear me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my soul, for I am holy. O thou, my God, save thy servant that trusteth in thee. Be merciful unto me, O Lord, for I cry unto thee daily. Rejoice the soul of thy servant, for unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive, and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Give ear, O Lord, unto my prayer. And attend to the voice of my supplications. In the day of my trouble, I will call upon thee, for thou wilt answer me. Among the gods there is none like unto thee, O Lord. Neither are there any works like unto thy works. All nations whom thou hast made shall come and worship before thee, O Lord, and shall glorify thy name, for thou art great. And doest wondrous things, thou art God alone. Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. I will praise thee, O Lord, my God, with all my heart. And I will glorify thy name forevermore. For great is thy mercy toward me, and thou hast delivered my soul from the lowest hell. O God, the proud are risen against me, and the assemblies of violent men have sought after my soul, and have not set thee before them. But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion, and gracious, long-suffering, and plenteous in mercy and truth. O turn unto me, and have mercy upon me, Give thy strength unto thy servant, and save the son of thine handmaid. Show me a token for good, 
that they which hate me may see it and be ashamed, because thou, Lord, hast helped me and comforted me. Amen. We trust that the Lord will bless the public reading of his word to our hearts tonight for his name's sake. Perhaps we could just bow in another brief word of prayer just before we come to the preaching of the word of God. Our gracious God and our eternal Father in heaven, we thank thee again for this opportunity that thou hast provided us to hear from thy precious word. We thank thee that thy word is that inspired and infallible book, that word which is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We thank thee that it is profitable for all things, even to us. But tonight, Lord, as we come to consider thy word, we pray that thou wouldst bless this message as it goes forth. We pray that thou wouldst fill me with thy spirit, that thou wouldst grant me the necessary help that is all so essential for when it comes to the preaching of the word. And Lord, may it be that word in season to each and every heart. Thou knowest the needs of thy people here in the congregation here in Martyrs. Thou knowest the needs of the church. Thou knowest individual needs. Thou knowest all about us. And Father, we pray that tonight that thou wouldst meet each and every need, even through thy precious word. Bless us now as we open the book. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I want to take as my text tonight the words of the Psalm 86 and the verse number 7. Psalm 86 and the verse 7. The verse it reads, In the day of my trouble I will call upon thee, for thou wilt answer me. King David, who penned this psalm, was a man who was renowned for prayer. He had learnt the hard way throughout his life that it was important to seek the Lord in prayer in each and every situation. It would be a tremendous and a great thing to study the different prayers of David in all the various situations that he found himself in. Uh, but tonight, uh, naturally, we cannot do that. Uh, but one commentator has described David as one who knew how to pray better than most people do. One of the most notable examples in Scripture that uh, we can mention of David praying was that of 1 Samuel chapter 23 and the verse number 2. In that particular chapter, uh, David was faced with a decision. He had to make a choice. And rather than do what he wanted, rather than do what he desired himself, and rather than just follow the leading of his men, what David did in that passage, 1 Samuel 23, and the verse 2 was, he inquired of the Lord. He sought the Lord in prayer. It says in that verse, Therefore David inquired of the Lord. He showed on that occasion that he was a man of prayer because he prayed. And likewise, when you are faced with decisions in life, when there are choices that have to be made, it is a wise course of action for you to inquire of the Lord. It is a wise course of action for you to seek the Lord in prayer, to seek his direction, 
for your life. But here in Psalm 86, we have recorded for us a remarkable prayer of David. This great man of sincerity, this great man of faithfulness, this man who had his faults but was also a man of great heart. Here he comes to the Lord in prayer and he earnestly pleads, he sobs and he trusts through all the verses in this psalm that we have read this evening. And tonight I want to consider this seventh verse, which is our text. And as we look at this section of David's prayer, we see that there is a plea for help. We see firstly his stressful calamity. The text, it opens and it says, In the day of my trouble. In the day of my trouble. David had many troubles throughout his life. Some took place before his reign commenced. We can think of how King Saul had sought on various occasions to put him to death. He had faced many troubles. Some took place and reared their head during his reign whilst he was sitting on that throne fulfilling the role as king. And David was a man who could speak with great qualification about the subject of trouble. We note The particulars of his trouble, the word trouble, it speaks of adversity. It speaks of affliction, of distress, of tribulation. And we have to say that it is not expressly revealed for us in this psalm as to what David's trouble was. But we can be sure that it caused him great concern. Verse 14 gives a little insight on it. Verse 14, David says, O God... The proud are risen against me, and the assemblies of violent men have sought after my soul and have not set thee before them. David faced a great trouble. He faced a great concern. He had a great problem, something that it may have caused him sleepless nights. And whatever the specifics of that matter were, there was an enemy that had risen up against him, and they caused him great stress, and they caused him to be greatly burdened. And in life, as we go through our Christian life, there are many ways, there are many different ways that trouble can come upon you, the believer. There may be what we could call public troubles. Perhaps there are those and they have mocked you publicly and maybe in the workplace your colleagues have belittled you because you try to stand for the Lord. They make fun of you because you seek to witness for Christ. Maybe there is something else that you're facing in life and other people know about it and it's something that weighs you down, it burdens you greatly. But there also may be what we could call private troubles. Maybe there's an illness that you have been suffering from and you have not spoken to anyone else about it as you do not wish for others to be worried. You do not wish for others to be concerned about your own personal situation. There have been trips perhaps to the doctors, to the consultants, to the various hospitals to find out what the sickness is and maybe the diagnosis that has been received and the treatment that is required. It has greatly troubled you and it has left you in the greatest of distress. On the other hand, there may be other troubles that burden you. Maybe your trouble is one with regards to the family unit. Maybe there are difficulties within the marriage. Maybe there are problems within the home. Maybe there are fears about unsaved or about wayward and backslidden children. It's by no means an exhaustive list. There are many other problems, many other troubles that we could mention. 
But tonight, can you identify with the psalmist David and say that you are in trouble? Can you say that you have or you are experiencing trouble? We then see the period of his trouble. For it tells us there in verse 7, in the day of my trouble. In the day. You know, trouble can suddenly come upon the believer. How quickly it can arrive on our doorstep without any warning. A conversation that is held or perhaps over a phone call or maybe a text message is received and the news that is told in that message can change your life. In an instant, you could be plunged into that time or into that day of trouble, whatever form it may take. But notice that it is the day of trouble. You see, trouble will only last for a season. It is not permanent, and there is a limited time frame upon that trouble that you will face. For some, it may be days, it may be weeks. For others, it may be years. But the point I want to make is that trouble is not permanent. Our trials, our difficulties, those things that afflict us, they cannot last longer than our life on this earth. They are for a limited time and not for eternity. David's reign of 40 years was not a reign that was characterized by permanent trouble. There were those times of trouble, those days of trouble that arose. For example, when Absalom rebelled against uh, the king. But it was not permanent. Believer, yes, you will experience those days of trouble. There will be those dark days in your life when you will face great distress. But those days will not be permanent. But then also we note the personal nature of his trouble because he speaks of my trouble. It was trouble that was personal to him. It was King David's own personal trouble. See, in this verse, he's not talking about someone else's trouble. He's not talking about the difficulties that another person was facing, but he's saying that he himself is in trouble. He is in dire straits. He is in a calamity. And during David's life, there had been those occasions when he faced trouble. We mentioned Absalom. He had risen in rebellion against David. He had sought to take the throne for himself. The trouble directly affected David. It was his own trouble. But however, the consequences of that trouble did have an effect upon the nation. We think of David again when he sinned with Bathsheba. And when he murdered her husband and the trouble that followed that great act of rebellion against God, we have it recorded for us in Second Samuel and the chapter 12. Second Samuel chapter 12 and the verses 10 down to 12, we have a record of the, really the consequences of David's sin with regards to Bathsheba. Prophet Nathan was speaking to David. He says, Now therefore the sword shall never depart from thine house, because thou hast despised me and hast taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against thee out of thine own house, and I will take thy wives before thine eyes, and give them unto thy neighbor, and he shall lie with thy wives in the sight of this son. For thou didst it secretly. But I will do this thing before all Israel and before the Son. There would be punishment for the sin of David, and there would be that time of trouble 
that would come upon him. And it would result in great bloodshed. There would be great consequences. David had sinned. He had done wrong. And consequently, he had found himself in a time of great trouble and calamity. But I do want to say that all trouble that is faced by the believer is not the consequence of sin or the result of some particular transgression. There have been some across this world and they have claimed that every trial that a believer faces is the direct result of some sin or failing on the part of the individual. But taking such a line is not biblical. It's not scriptural because the scriptural record it contains the accounts of individuals such as Job who disprove such a claim. But whilst we can say that every trouble that arises is not the direct result of sin, there is a purpose in every period of adversity that you tonight will face. It may be that the Lord is seeking to point out some particular sin in your life, some sin that you need to confess, some sin that you need to repent of, something that it may seem to you like it's not that big a deal. It may seem like nothing to you, but it still needs to be dealt with. But it may also be that the Lord is seeking to instruct you. He's seeking to prepare you for something that lies ahead. Trials are often sent to strengthen us in our faith to prove its genuineness and to promote self-examination. Psalm 11 and the verse 5 tells us the Lord trieth the righteous. He often tries his people. And David, whenever he was in trouble, he did examine himself to try and to discover if there was any wrongdoing on his part. It is a good example to follow in the time of trouble. Psalm 139 and the verses 22 to 23. We have there David, and he is really go going through that means of self-examination. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. It is a good whenever we face those difficult times when we face those times of trouble, for they will come upon you, they will come upon me, it is good to come and seek the Lord and engage in that act of self-examination. But then we must continue on, for our time is flying. We see secondly in our text, we see his sincere cry. Because David, he not only speaks of that day of trouble, but he says, in the day of my trouble, I will call upon thee. David declared that in that day of trouble, in that day of adversity, that day of perplexity, he would cry unto the Lord. He would bring everything before the throne of God in heaven. He would not be as the, the Stoics, who were that group of philosophers, the Greek philosophers mentioned in Acts chapter 17, verse 18. He would not be as them and grit uh, their, their, his teeth and just try to bear uh, the trouble all by himself. Sometimes we would speak of having the stiff upper lip. And that is really uh, what the Stoics did. That was their philosophy. But there was none of that with David. No. No, rather he heeded the invitation of the Lord that was given or is given in Psalm 50 and the verse 15. Where he says, And call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. You know, the Lord invites his people to call upon him in the day of their trouble. 
He invites you to call upon him in the day of your trouble. Oh, the invitation that David heeded, it applies to you, it applies to me. And this, this, tonight, I plead with you, do not be as those Stoics or as those in the world who try to carry on carrying those great burdens that weigh them down. But no, bring your troubles to the Lord. Call upon him in this day of trouble that you face. Oh, David was able to say, in my day of trouble, I will call upon thee. But can you call upon the Lord? Have you called upon the Lord? Have you brought your troubles before him? As we look at this cry, we see that it is a cry of reliance. Verse 2 of Psalm 86 and verse 8 show how David trusted in the Lord. It says, O thou my God, save thy servant that trusteth in thee. And then also verse 8, Among the gods there is none like unto thee, O Lord, neither are there any works like unto thy works. See, David did not call on the idols. He did not call on the men of this world for existence. But no, he comes to the Lord, and he comes to the Lord alone, and he trusts solely in him. He relies absolutely in him and in none else. You know, today you can rely on the Lord. You can trust in him because he can be depended on. None can compare with the Lord God of heaven, the one who created this world out of nothing, the one who is all power, the one who governs and orders our circumstances in life. He is a Lord and there is none else beside him. And like David, you are to rely on him and on him alone. We see also it's a cry of regularity. For verse 3 of Psalm 86, it tells us that David cried daily. It says, for I cry unto thee daily. He prayed every day. How important it is to pray regularly. The old children's chorus goes, read your Bible, pray every day if you want to grow. You know, we live in a day where Bible reading and prayer is seriously neglected. Even those who profess to be saved, they profess to know Christ as their own and personal Savior. They neglect the reading of Scripture and they neglect the place of prayer, whether that be private prayer or public prayer. It's nearly like they treat it as something that can be just either taken or left. You know, it is one of the causes, a lack of prayer and a lack of Bible reading is one of the major causes of problems in the church. It's one of those major causes of problems in the home and within the family setting. But here, David, he sets a good example. He says here that he prays every day. He prays with regularity. And you know, you too are to pray regularly. You're to pray persistently. We'll not turn to it, but you could turn over to Luke chapter 11, where you have the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, and his teaching on the subject of prayer. And he teaches how we are to pray, but he makes a point of teaching how we are to pray regularly with persistence. Let me ask tonight, do you pray regularly? Do you seek the Lord daily? Oh, how easy it is to be rushed in the morning. Perhaps you're on your way to work. And you're, you're tired and you've had to get up and you're rushing to get out and you just neglect the place of prayer. You come home from work and again you're tired and you're thinking, oh, I know I need to sit down and have that quiet time with the Lord. 
but you think, oh, I'm just so tired. I'll sit down. I'll watch the television for half an hour, and then I'll do it. But the half an hour becomes an hour, and before you know it, the night is gone. It's near midnight, and you end up saying, well, I'll seek the Lord tomorrow. And very soon the days become weeks, the weeks become months, and the months can become years. And God, you've just forgotten to pray. May that never be said of any of us here tonight. May we take care to call upon the Lord regularly. Let it never be said that we forsook the place of prayer. You know, are we not told in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and the verse 17 to pray without ceasing? John Bunyan, the author of Pilgrim's Progress, he had much to say about the subject of prayer. And in one of his publications, he instructed believers to pray often. For prayer is a shield to the soul, a sacrifice to God, and a scourge to Satan. You know, the devil will seek and will try to stop you from praying. He fears a praying people. He seeks to, to, to keep the Lord's people away from the Lord. May we not give in to his devices and to his temptations to forsake the place of prayer. But then we also see it as a cry for relief. Psalm 86 and the verse 2 again, he says, preserve my soul. And then also in verse 16, he says, oh, turn unto me and have mercy upon me. Give thy strength unto thy servant and save the son of thine handmaid. The psalmist David here, he cries for preservation. He cries for strength. He cries for help. He cries for relief from the trouble that is encompassing him round about. Makes a similar cry in Psalm 31. And the verse 9, where he says, Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. Mine eye is consumed with grief, yea, my soul and my belly. David, he asks for mercy. He desires the Lord's help. And he's realized that he cannot help himself in this day of trouble. So he comes to the Lord and cries. Likewise, when you face such a time of trouble, when those billows of life's struggles, or perhaps the attacks of Satan, they threaten to overwhelm you, you can cry to the Lord with, for relief and for deliverance from your situation. Tonight I can tell you that you have an open door, and that you know that whilst it may take time for your cry to be answered, yet you know that you are at the right door, it is the door, the only door where help, where relief, and where deliverance can be found. Tonight, like David, you can commit your case to the Lord. You can set it before him. You can spread the matter before the Lord, just like King Hezekiah in 2 Kings 19. He received that letter from the Assyrians. And what did he do with it? Well, he took it and he spread it before the Lord. He brought the matter, he brought the trouble, he brought the burden, and he spread it before the Lord and cried unto him for help. He was a king in a day of trouble, and he cried to the Lord, Tell me today, in the trouble that you face, no matter what it will be, or what it may be, will you cry to the Lord? Will you heed the invitation that is given to you to cry to him for his relief? Or will you try to just carry on carrying that great burden all by yourself? 
The Lord invites you to come and to bring it to him. We see finally tonight his sure comfort. And we come to deal just with the last section of our text in verse 7. It says, In the day of my trouble, I will call upon thee, for thou wilt answer me. What a great promise in prayer. The psalmist believed that God would answer him. The psalmist knew that God would answer him. You know, there's a great assurance there for the Christian because David could take comfort in the knowledge that God would answer his cry. Oh, if he had called to the idols of his day, he would not receive any answer and there would be no comfort. 1 Kings 18, verse 26, it tells us that the very priests, the, the very priests of Baal could get no answer out of that false god uh, that was being used by Satan in his deception of so many. They got no response out of him. But David, when he called to the Lord, he had an assurance and he could have comfort because he knew the Lord would answer him. You know, tonight you have that same assurance. When you call on the Lord in the day of your trouble, the Lord will answer you. Yes, it may not be immediately, but the Lord will answer you in his timing and he will answer you in his way. He will deal with the trouble. And there are many scriptures we could turn to uh, to support this. We'll just uh, mention one of them, Proverbs 11 and the verse 8. It says, The righteous is delivered out of his trouble and the wicked cometh in his stead. There's many scriptures that provide comfort. There's many scriptures that assure the Christian that the Lord will undertake for him. Furthermore, there are many incidents recorded in scripture which show how the Lord heard the cries of his people and how he answered them. Again, we think of Hezekiah, who we mentioned just a couple of moments ago, how he brought that matter to the Lord. But you know, the Lord answered him. If you read through the rest of 2 Kings 19, you would read of how the Lord delivered the city of Jerusalem from the Assyrians. The angel of the Lord came and defeated the Assyrian army. Hezekiah was delivered. The Lord answered his cry in a marvelous way. In Acts chapter 12, you read of how the early Christians prayed earnestly, how they prayed urgently, and the Lord answered. The Lord sent his angel to take Peter out of that prison where he was being held, facing death. The Lord answered the cry of his people, and he wrought a mighty deliverance. David himself, the psalmist, he could testify in Psalm 138, and in the verse 3 of how the Lord had answered him. It says, In the day when I cried, thou answerest me and strengthenest me with strength of soul. Tonight, does it not warm your heart to know that when the burdens are great, whenever the troubles threaten to overwhelm you, that the Lord will still answer your cry. It may be to deliver you from it. it may be to completely remove the trouble. 
It may be to give you the grace and the strength to bear the trial for that season that it lasts. But the Lord has assured you through his word that he will answer you. He cares for you and he will help you. Thomas Manton was one of the great Puritan preachers back in the 16 and 1700s. And he commented on the subject of prayer. And he stated, one way to get comfort is to plead the promise of God in prayer. Tonight, as we have looked at this text in Psalm 86 and the verse 7, there is a promise for you. If you call on the Lord in your day of trouble, the Lord has promised that he will answer you. But tonight, let me ask, as we come to close, will you plead that promise? Will you cry to the Lord and bring your troubles to him? Oh, as we said, you are invited to do so. But the question is, will you heed the invitation? As we come down to prayer tonight in a few moments, let us remember that we can bring our troubles to the Lord. That we can bring all those things that burden us and weigh us down and that we can leave them at his wondrous throne of grace and not only can we leave them there but we can have that great assurance that he will answer us in our time of need we'll hand back to our brother and mr bannatine now uh, to continue or to bring uh, the next part of the service